Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello, everyone, and I must apologize for the lack of episode last week due to what can I be described as technical difficulties with... Did you know that Kenny Omega is responsible for the local electricity network where I am? And what happened is he set off Gilbert's pyro and I had a power outage. <laughs> I mean, they didn't use much power, did they, to create that explosion? So I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I mean, because it, it, it blew, obviously, the generator in southeast Kent. That's where they put the explosives and it oh. went horribly wrong. Oh, hey. poor AEW and poor Eddie Kingston. Yeah, it was such a beautiful moment right up until that second where the exploding barbed wire death match ended with, oh, here's some Roman candles and... <laughs> it's like, oh, That's no. got to be Kane. Oh, dude, it was such a shame, wasn't it? But the show was amazing, but no one's ever going to remember that show now because it's got like a Shockmaster moment at the end. It's perfect. Had they actually had Kane walk down to the ring at that stage, it would have been a case of... If Glenn, Gil- if Glenn Jacobs had been backstage and they've gone, Glenn, just walk out there, please, save our asses. Don't make us say it was Kenny Omega being a terrible engineer. <laughs> it's not Daddy Pig from Peppa Pig, for crying out loud. The thing I can't, can't get over is why whoever's looking at the monitor sees that explosion and immediately doesn't go, tell them not to sell, tell them not to sell, tell them to get up, tell them not to sell, do a Terry Funk, get up and go... You know, anything, like the fact that they let them sit in the ring and Eddie Kingston fat sat just like like going limp, (laughs) sitting up, selling it like he was dead. I'm like, oh no, what has happened? I mean, at least they tried to pay it off. At least they tried straight away. They moxie got on the mic, took responsibility for it. Yeah. And as you said, the show, bell to bell, start to finish, best show i mean they were there was talk online they were saying like oh this is like aw's wrestlemania well it's not but the caliber of of this show having like ethan page debut as well christian cage completely fucking over vince which is hilarious yeah great moment actually i really enjoyed it some people weren't as impressed as um i guess us with christian cage and ethan page i think they're two absolutely awesome guys to have on the roster like i'm, I'm chuffed with those two announcements to be honest yeah, and then I would hope that Josh Alexander would follow at some point when his contract with Impact's yeah. up. But obviously, considering that they're, you know, they've got this working relationship now, hopefully it will lead to something good. And it's amazing that we're talking about surprises and really good wrestling, and then we're going to ruin it for the next hour and a half and talk about TNA. Well, that's right, Brother. Tax. <laughs> with another explosive episode of TNA. <laughs> Whimpering into our screens. <laughs> <laughs> episode <laughs> 7 of our TNA Aces and Eights podcast series. It's TNA Impact for the 21st of February 2013. Episode 450. Just the fact that they got to 450 episodes is an achievement, we've got to say. It's certainly powered by Panda. <laughs> Bio pandas. Ground them up, <laughs> stick them in the blender. Get them in the car. <laughs> Uh, this was filmed on the 26th of January 2013, broadcast on the 21st of February 2013. So it's like a month gap there. It's quite a long time between recording and broadcast. So and considering that this is like the number two promotion as well, 
spoilers. If you're wanting to watch this as, as a fan, it's been out there for a month, and I think this is always the issue with Impact at this time. The fact they couldn't go weekly and have any form of shock value, because any form of surprise or excitement like the end of this show, I mean, we'll get to it in the opening promo, but that should have been a big deal, and people would have gone, quick, turn over, as opposed to, oh, look, who's back? Yeah. Hmm. So it's the Wembley Arena, London, England, England. Every week, got to get a gimmick in. Uh, United Kingdom, as it's written here. And I'm like, whatever. Uh, So the TV station is obviously Spike TV and Challenge TV in the UK. This did a 1.0 because it's TNA Impact. Hooray! (laughs) Everyone likes consistency like a steady lover. They're never going to rock your world, but they're certainly not going to jizz in their pants. They're certainly consistent. They kind of went from 1.6 and then down to 1.4. Then they brought in the Aces and going down to a (laughs) 1.2. And then it went 1.0. And we're just sticking at that 1.0 from now on, apparently. It goes down even further, but we'll get to that. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> commentary as per usual is mike tenay taz and todd Connolly. Connolly. <laughs> <laughs> so the first line of this opening video package this evening says previously on impact wrestling jeff hardy continues his winning ways he hasn't been on the show for a month four fucking weeks he's not been here <laughs> Due to his negative MRI. Sorry, his positive MRI. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, such a silly opening line. But they're, they're obviously aware that they're going to be back in the impact zone next week. Oh, yes, they're going to be back in the impact zone next week. I'm going to miss this English crowd, that's for sure. So Having the fans here has really added to the last four shows. I, yeah. I am dreading next week because at least the last four weeks have been mildly tolerable. Yeah, the, the, the holiday makers were terrible in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> And having the Manx and the Londoners and stuff, it's been absolutely delightful because at least they interact and they care and they chant and they sing and they do whatever. Uh, and just, just wrestling in front of a big crowd is just better. I think being in these COVID lockdown era, I've missed crowds, obviously. I think every wrestling fan's missed crowds. Really good to see them for that AEW show like this week. It was really, really nice to see a decent-sized crowd. But um, seeing a packed Wembley Arena, like, God damn it, I miss it, dude. I had a conversation with Ollie this week that was like, you know, I, I would really like to go to a wrestling show. I've, I've desperately missed them. There are none left. Well, that's a fair point. <laughs> Not in our country, anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> Hogan needs to pick a challenger for the TNA. Not impact heavyweight strap. We get a recap of the angle. Joe Aces Nates, the young boys turning on them. Bubba is injured going into this show. And injured last week when the whole Brooks stroking his head on the sofa thing. Uh, Brooke wants Hulk to accept Bubba into the family as one of them. And um, the recap of the end of last week's show with the Aces and Eights, well, I would say attacking Hogan, but they didn't attack Hogan. They kind of got around the ring and went, whoa, 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 <laughs> and then kind of ran away. So there we go. And also, again, to if, if you are joining us and this is your first episode, obviously, please go back and listen to our archive at worldofpressingpodcast.com. But the whole concept last week was there were going to be four matches, so eight wrestlers, and based on who performed the best, not who won the match, <laughs> not then into a tournament or a battle royal, no, whoever Hogan saw performed best in these eight matches, sorry, eight, eight wrestlers out of these four matches, would get to be number one contender at lockdown. 
Ladies and gentlemen, one of the wrestlers who was not involved in this tournament, <laughs> because, as Rich mentioned, was injured, and injured, was Bully Ray. Mm, he was. Just, uh, he was good injured to know that information Dante. going into this show, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's kind of important. <laughs> I mean, good so, grief. God, Todd on commentary welcomes us to the show. Sorry, Todd, Todd Canada! Canada welcome, um, commentary welcomes us to the show. Uh, welcome, everyone, to Impact Wrestling. Not TNA. Uh, we come to you once again from historic Wembley Arena. Can't Iconic Wembley Arena. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's our last week in London. Boo! And we're going to go out in style. Yay! <laughs> and I tell you what, London is calling and the fans have been loud. Mike, tonight, two title matches. He can't say sentences. If you break that down, like I've tried to make sense of it, but the way he says it, Jesus Christ, man. It's like he just flows without ever adding pauses or gaps or anything when he's talking these scripts. It's really odd. TNA don't have enough money on the auto cue to put punctuation in. Is, is that's that, what it is. Do you reckon that's what he's looking at? Just a constant line of words. <laughs> he's just like, welcome everyone to Impact Wrestling. We welcome you to the story. I live the gap. I'm terrible. I can't, I can't impersonate him. It's too difficult. I'm Todd Kennelly. <laughs> Todd Kennelly. <laughs> Todd Kennelly read or don't you <laughs> but again got over the point there's going to be two title matches yep. this evening none of which were challenged for for open fight night none of them with any logic behind it although in fairness we did hear about the knockouts title match last week but the X title which we've not seen anything for over the last three weeks hmm. it's good no uh, RVD's what? here so we get the entrance theme yeah I mean they've been there RVD's been involved there's not been a great deal of storytelling like, they started telling this story with um who's the guy Kenny King and the guy from the first TNA show that I've immediately forgotten the name Christian of Christian York thank you very much guy with the dreads uh, monkey from corn right um, god I feel like that was a year ago <laughs> that we did that episode <laughs> um, but they've barely been involved with RVD like they've they've done a lot of just here's a match I guess that's kind of how the X Division scene at this time they had all the stuff with DJZ as well yeah, that's I know barely they sort of paid happened. that off with with DJZ not getting the win, but it's a case of why are you throwing Christian York in here with Kenny King? Why are you throwing DJZ? But we're going to find out tonight because we've got a title match. Sure. Wait. I guess it's like when we did the WCW one and they had the Road Warriors on the first night. They were like, who? <laughs> the other 10 weeks that we watched it. It's like, don't need them because yeah. we had one of them was fire and one of them was ice. Too Do right. you get it? Do you get it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Tanae tells us RVD will defend his X-Division strap. Doesn't say against who, though, in the opening gambit. Uh, and Tara will defend her knockout strap in a four-way match. Are they not allowed to say fatal four-way? Is that a thing? Probably a Vinceism. Oh, fatal. That sounds like there's moderate peril. Yeah, sounds like it. Oh, before we go on, I thought I'd impress you. I watched a movie film this week. Oh, what movie film did you watch? Borat's subsequent movie film. <laughs> Oh, you watched Borat? Oh, oh, I watched the second one. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I, I've watched most of that film. I haven't actually finished it, to be honest. I fell asleep. Oh, okay. Well, then I won't man. spoil it for you. Okay, cool. Did you enjoy it? It was certainly there. Cool. Did oh, it was funny. Did... It was, there were parts I laughed genuinely out loud because I'm sort of supposed to be working, but you know, winding down in my current employee before I start at my new job in a, in a week or so's time. Sure. And it was just watching it was pretending to make handover notes and there were some moments where i thought that's ludicrous it's mm. brilliant i found that this was very much sasha baron cohen punching downwards <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like very much so before it's like him and 
trying to punch upwards and embarrass like you know higher ups or whatever that's the thing is the simplest way to put it but this one it had a lot of like oh you're an idiot i'll take the shit and fucking piss out of you almost you know it, it, it has, it's funny i love sasha baron cohen i love his previous work ali g was one of my favorite things back in the day i well yeah i enjoyed the twist at the end okay the oh. butler did it <laughs> i haven't seen it so. <laughs> you could be lying you could not be lying who knows hulk hogan makes his entrance same gear from last week why is that tax well in fairness he's changed the shirt did he? that one got ripped <laughs> it's the same shirt but just a different one though i'm sure yeah exactly yeah because with different week we've still wear the same gear we've got we've got shirts this year at tna.com sorry tnashop.com not impact wrestling.com <laughs> indeed you know you follow dixie carter on twitter <laughs> of course i do i love following dixie on twitter oh god Maybe we She's could... the third man. <laughs> what if we did... Uh, do you know uh, the Best Friends had their high spot show where they would tweet The Rock every week? Yeah. Do you know this? Like They would f- take half-naked photos of themselves with whichever guest they had and then put weird captions. Maybe we can start doing that to Dixie. <laughs> like, send half-naked photos of us doing like, Young Bucks poses and stuff. And be but like, hey, any pandas speech- this week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what happens if you send us panda shots back? <laughs> I don't want to upset Coach Wickwood with more rage about pandas. <laughs> Can we just start sending her photos of like pandas, like photoshopped on us or something? You know what I mean? Like, how far can we take this? As far as we want. Mm. Anyway, when we get British Boot Camp Three, we'll be on it. Because <laughs> there's no British wrestlers left. Come in full furry, <laughs> like pandas. Like we're the pandas. We're here to give you energy. And <laughs> Dixie would be confused. Go blossoms. You were in series uh, one. <laughs> Pandas, but with bikinis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Full DNA. (laughs) Ah, fuck it, Al. So um, this is obviously the same taping as last week. And so I worked out this was the fourth Hulk Hogan entrance these people have seen during this taping. Not popping as hard, are they? There's definitely having to be the uh, input of audio. The Premier League uh, crowd noises were put in for this one. (laughs) Sure. I will say... TNA's fake audio is better than in 2013 than WWE's is today. Oh yeah, it, it's actually, they've had a lot of practice. It feels like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh dear. Hogan cuts a promo and goes, "This is home for me, right here in London town, brother." No, it's not Hogan. You live in Venice Beach, California. I've seen your sticker book. I say it's all right. We don't want you. Just go away. <laughs> like, you're not welcome in London. Hogan. Yeah, talks- Hogan. Brexit means Brexit. <laughs> Hogan, get out. <laughs> Strong and stable, strong and stable. Uh, Hogan <laughs> talks about his decision uh, making, uh, his decision making at Aces Nates ruining it. Uh, he says, from something bad comes something really, really good. Like being Death a- and inheritance. <laughs> I was going with, like being a racist cunt, refusing to apologising for it, killing freedom of the press and making a bajillion dollars at the same time. Like something bad, something good, right? That's an example of something that could happen. In your opinion? Yeah, exactly. It's just a hypothetical. Uh, after a long build, Hogan tells us that Bully Ray is now the number one contender. Hang on. Can he do that, Joey? Can he <laughs> fucking do that, Joey? So let's just... I mean, it doesn't take much to delve into this. We sort of briefly touched on this. Bully Ray, currently injured, didn't wrestle in any of the let's impress Hogan with our flashy moves matches last week. Hmm. Yet Bully Ray has been named number one contender... <laughs> And none of the eight men who fought last week bothered coming out going, hang on a minute, this is bullshit. Other than logical Taz, 
complaining about politics. You've missed one step in this argument about why this is stupid. Injured Bully Ray has been made the number one contender. He's injured. What? No, because we mentioned it. Last, Hogan mentioned it to Brooke last week, and he said, "We all work injured, brother." Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> Concussions, leg breaks. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, we were talking a lot about long. Well, you were talking about long-term commitments to storytelling and stuff. <laughs> it's at this point where I was like, "How long does this storyline go for?" I wonder. And I actually looked it up. <laughs> Do you know? Fucking ages. Another twelve months, isn't it? So we're into, what is it? It's mid-February by this point. It's the end of February, isn't it? It's the 21st of Feb. Okay. This storyline, Aces and Eights are done. Is by it June 14? By November this year. Oh, really? It's, it's not very long. <laughs> oh, well, no, in fairness, this did start. No, sorry. I, I, I tell a lie. This got started in June 2013. It's when Ace and Eights first started Running in and doing attacks. It was Do you mean, June 13th. Do you mean 2012? Sorry. Sorry, June 12th. Yeah. Okay, so... It's July, over a August, year. September, October, November, January. Okay, so... <laughs> 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 months, the whole storyline. From start to finish, from creation to six months of them not actually being a stable and just doing attacks and stuff. To the slow burn. Or is it eight months on top of that? Of actual storytelling and then just like, nah, we're good. <laughs> commitment to the long-term story imagine mm. having i mean the last time we've seen a year-long build was was rock cena <laughs> <laughs> so uh bit of a heads up for listeners we're doing some video tests this evening for no particular reason uh so tax oh I almost used your kayfabe name uh tax, <laughs> tax i mean tax is your kayfabe name what am i talking about um Tax can see my face, and so you got to see my reaction for the first time there. <laughs> so, there we go. We're uh, only doing video testing purely so I can just see how the vein mm. pop out of your your head and strangle you, and I keep on trying to justify this for the sake of good podcasting. Uh, one thing I have noticed doing this little video test, I've noticed that my lighting makes my face look a little bit pink, and I promise you, this is going to be like rouge by the end of this evening if we go back to last week's conversation. <laughs> so billy tells us he's injured and doesn't deserve the title shot facts you know what i mean like fucking hell uh cheap pop he goes right here in london the loudest tna fans in the world i'm like yeah that's true definitely the biggest crowd right yeah absolutely bubba books a six-man tag of the aces and eights versus bubba sting and well he needs one more guy tax who are you gonna call Ghost, but no, no, that would have been too much of a good use of money. They're going to call out of retirement. Mm. What you going to do, brother, when Bully Ray, Sting, and Hulk Hogan run wild on you? Yeah, so Hogan's obviously seen that there's a crowd. He's like, oh, I'll get my shit in then. Yeah, I'll wrestle, right? But does he? Hmm, let's see. Hogan goes, you've got a deal, brother. And cheesy handshake. They still don't do the superpowers thing. And I'm like, come on, mega powers. I got it wrong again. Fuck's sake. No, no, but that's what they called in TNA due to gimmick infringement. <laughs> oh. oh, the superpowers. Nice. <laughs> so uh, that's an opening segment, isn't it? Fucking hell. So the fact that Hogan's not wrestled since Bound for Glory 2011, I suppose that's a good thing for the London crowd to be hyped with saying, oh my God, I'm going to get to see a Hulk Hogan match. So that's sure. a good thing to try and 
boost the live crowd because as you said they've already done tapings they would have done tapings for explosion as well mm-hmm. so at least this way it's sort of warmed them up for something and as you said it's the fourth hogan entrance they've seen um all i keep thinking about this is poor sting why is he having to get involved in this jazz poor poor sting considering we've just done a whole run of wcw from 95 was it and yep. so this is Jesus Christ, 17, 18 years on, and he's still having to play second fiddle to Hogan of all people. You do feel sorry for him because even right now, Sting is pretty capable. Like that match in AEW stuff was obviously cinematically filmed, as WWE like to put it. But he's, um, I can't say I've ever seen a really bad Sting match. Uh, the ending at Mania when he was well, shit over. I mean, that shit happens, you know what I mean? Like, he, he was, literally couldn't bloody walk, could he? He couldn't stand up. Is that the one you're talking about, yeah? You're talking about something no, else? No, that was, that was the one with Rollins. Uh, um, what are you talking about? I can't remember. Which, I was talking about WrestleMania when it was Triple H, Sting, and they had the shit shoddy finish with the hammer, the NWO, and mm, DX. Yeah. Because Sting, known for his time greatly with Hogan, Hall, and Nash. <laughs> Do you not mark it out a little bit? I was. I mean... <laughs> No. It's like, I was it's like, NWO, why? dude. I have like five NWO t-shirts. I'm a complete mark for it. So I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's WCW. I love WCW. I love the NWO. Mm. But at that stage, I thought, you've just got to let Sting go over. Do you know how why? funny it is that you say you love the NWO and people like Louie would be like, oh, what, that stable with like 15 people? And I'm like, no, no, not that bit. <laughs> the NWO. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so the creepy camera op guy is backstage. Our new tag team champions are Robert Roode and... Austin Aries. The heels. Indeed. Bad influence turn up and they have a bit of a chat. They chat some shit about Danger Max and Charvo. Do some comedy heel shtick. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that, again, the two most charismatic tag teams are both heels. Mm. Good old team ego. All four of them together. Happy days. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Putting over that we've got creepy cam. It's very creepy. I heard... I heard something interesting today. Um, so I think it's 10 years this week since the horrible Jeff Hardy Sting main event at Turning Point. Uh, so I think it's about 10 years to the day. Sure. And they, he was speaking about Hernandez. And it, and Comrade was like, oh, um, Hernandez gets a lot of shit for being a terrible wrestler. Was he a terrible wrestler? And Bischoff, bless his heart, was like, no, I wouldn't say he was a terrible wrestler. I'd just say he wasn't brilliantly trained. He kept trying to do moves he just couldn't do. Yeah. So he's a, so he's dangerous then. <laughs> Seems fair enough. That, what we've seen. That would be be me going back into the ring like in the autumn <laughs> and saying, Matt Terry, I'm gonna hit you with a Canadian destroyer. Have you ever done a destroyer? Nope. But I'm gonna do it anyway. You'll be alright, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> Just grab on. <laughs> oh, also shout out to Matt Terry and also more and also to Coach Wicked. Lance Storm was saying I'm gonna give two, free like, online training seminars hmm. to wrestlers who need it. Coach Wicked put for Matt Terry. Matt Terry followed up with a very professional response to Lance Storm. Lance Storm picked him. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's going to be good. Cool. Is Lance Storm WWE currently? Because I know he was a producer for a he, bit. I think he was furloughed at some point. I don't know if he's back. Okay, interesting. Anyway, so we move on to our eight-man tag team match of Austin Aries and... Sorry, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode, and bad influence of Christopher Daniels and Kazarian versus nicely Kaz Wrestling, by the way. Been a bit, yeah, about to, well, his manager's license got ripped off, so what's he going to do? Exactly. Versus Chavo Guerrero. Boo. Wanker. 
Hernandez, James Storm, and Joseph Park. Very, very. Oh, I mean, it's got house show written all over it, doesn't it? This match, <laughs> like, just in terms of I mean, the lineup, you know. Start to finish, the whole idea of this. As soon as I saw this announcement, be right. Protect the champions. Comedy spots. Show that the cha- the tag champs are going to be in trouble, and then let Joe Park get over even more as a pretend can't wrestle, but probably the best wrestler outside of Daniels in that ring. Yeah. So we've talked about Fence, that's actually a disservice to Kaz, and yeah. Because Kaz is very good. And they're all reasonably good in this match. It's just it's, it's and Charbo's there. It's time to call it in. You know what I mean? Like we're I've done a very long tour with some awful travel issues apparently. Because this was uh, still like cold enough that there was snow and ice on the roads and stuff. And then I watched a little bit of the other backstage stuff that was around this week. I don't know whether it was before or after this week, but there was a big thing about the first UK tour they did. They had no catering. <laughs> So everyone on this tour was going, yeah, the travel's been awful, the hotels were cold or whatever the issues were. But they were like, but we got food. So, I mean, it's an improvement on last time when you're like, God damn it, TNA. Oh, fucking hell. So we've talked about the Britishisms a little bit already on this show, okay? But Todd has maybe the worst one here. Talks about last week and... uh, Technically, they were in London last week, but whatever. He's talking about the Manchester shows. And he goes, Aries and Rude were Manchester United when they won the tag belts. You can't see that, but it's me hitting my head against my microphone. Fucking hell. That's a bad one, isn't it? I mean, bad's doing it too much credit. Mm. Big pop for oh, Joseph well, Park. He's though. going for the Tottenham <laughs> Hot Spur tag, and in comes his tag team partner. I mean, it's got quite the arsenal of moves, you know. <laughs> Those are better than what he's saying. His is so much worse. His is like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of it. We went to the Queen's like Park his... Rangers of whatever, you know, like he's just adding in words. <laughs> They've got no. Oh, it's so stupid. Good thing in catering this year, they had some Everton mints. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Uh, big pop for Joseph Park, though. Still super, super over with this English crowd. Uh, Taz complains about his Twitter has been blown up due to the mockery of James Storm. And I'm like, what kind of dickhead would mock James Storm's accent? And it's nice that Taz's Twitter has blown up uh, in post-production when this was recorded a month beforehand. What the AW ring did, you know? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. In the match, there's some fun comedy shtick with Joe, Joe Park accidentally getting the best of the heel teams. Like, he stands still and they all take a bump off of him. It's, it's genuinely really, really funny. Uh, I know we've ranted and raved about how much we love it, but anything that stood out for you here or anything you want to talk about? Not really. As you said, it's it's classic house show still, spiel. Yeah. It's comedy bumps and that's where we're at i mean you know promoting a bit of lockdown i did see on some uh some wonderful wonderful dirt sheets that obviously you know when sometimes we've been watching this footage through auspicious means um and then it cuts to commercial break mm. well at the first commercial break i found out according to some of my uh my research a commercial break and uh, showed for WWE Studios, Dead Man Down. Oh, that so, these shows. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Advertising the competition. Always good. 
Good start. Don't worry, I've got a few more uh, little advert breaks. Oh no, sorry, I've missed my first one. So before the 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 eight man tag, there was also the first commercial, which was a spot for WWE Studios, The Call, Ed. <laughs> so basically, they've been plugging their movie films during TNA's show, knowing for well that you know they'll get a rating of a one point Jesus Christ. I did start to wonder. We've had conversations about buying advertising time in the past on wrestling shows, and I bet we could find something, you know, maybe like an AEW Dark once it gets broadcast and they're down to like five viewers or something, you know? How I much? Mean, I still think NWA Power's where I'm at. Fair point. Did WWE still have like the equivalent of heat or velocity or something like that? Uh, I think they've got, oh, what the hell is it called? Um, main event? Ah, I wonder what, how much advertising time on main event is. I still think a fudge load of money. I mean, mm. I can't imagine how much it's going to be going on to Peacock, where you can't have the entire back catalogue because, unsurprisingly, it's going to take them six months to transition everything over to Peacock servers and everyone's losing their mind about it. Mm. Do you know how long it took? Why do you think the network was delayed for three years? Because Vince McMahon was like, we're going to release it. <laughs> and then the sensible people went, Vince, there's like a lifetime of content to upload in here yeah exactly. ah, just put a match up it's, it's like no with, it's like with video games in that there's there's obviously shit tons of data when it comes to the network but like, i'd much rather they spend you know a year making sure it actually works before we all get to use it rather than like beta testing it all on us and having us be like well this doesn't work and this doesn't work until they fucking fix it two years down the line or something you know that's what we do with our in-jokes on this podcast. Mm. We'll just keep doing it till people tell us, guys, the Joe Stiles thing's not funny. <laughs> what do you mean? It's fucking it's funny. It's always funny. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. Uh, crowd absolutely <laughs> adored Joseph Park. Uh, Frankie takes out Park's knee and does the John Cena wanky hand gesture. Do you get this? It was really, really fun. Um, uh, Rude and Aries do their we're a team, but comedy heal bad communication stuff. Um commentary are just chatting bollocks as usual todd on commentary tells us it's going to be a long two hours isn't it todd being like oh it's going to be a long two hours this show like dude you're meant to be getting as excited it's literally your job to not complain about how long your fucking shows are I suppose they've been in the the booth doing all four shows back to back. Sure, yeah. But the level of professionalism, it's just oh, it's not good enough. <sighs> Speaking of which, do you know the Bellator's on after this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> King Mo's on it, though. He was in TNA for a cup of coffee, you know? So, therefore, relevant, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's training. Because that's a good thing about Bellator and the agreement we've got at Spike TV. You could be on Impact Wrestling and Bellator. You can. Do legit and less legit, you know. It worked for Bobby Lashley. Mm. God, whose pyro was definitely better than the exploding <laughs> ring. It's <laughs> Dude, Cody Rhodes' pyro was better on the same show. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so happy for Bobby, by the way. Like I picked Bobby to win the Rumble in our predictions thing, uh, and it didn't quite happen, obviously, because it wasn't really the time. But I'm just so chuffed for him. Dude's been so so good week in week out. I'm a big fan. And. I don't think people really can estimate how important MVP coming back at that Rumble last year has been to not only oh. Bobbo, but, but Shelton and Cedric. Yeah, he's managed to elevate them all and somehow negotiated backstage politics at WWE to keep them relevant every week and keep them winning. I think Bobby Lashley hasn't lost a match in like nine months or something crazy like that. And he's been wrestling like almost every week. 
It's, it's I mean, great. It's fucking awesome booking. Book him now continually for the next 12 months as an absolute monster and then bring back Brock. Yeah. Fuck me, that'd be incredible. Please, SummerSlam or something, you know what I mean? Give us that main event. Like That'd be so much fun. No, don't give it SummerSlam because we might be able to travel next year. Oh, better, even better. I would travel to watch Bobby and Brock. Yeah, me too. I Think of the host levels. That, oh, they just start getting really fucking like Minoru Suzuki with it, you know what I mean? Which they're perfectly capable of doing. Put it in a Lion's Den match. <laughs> What the angled cage thing yeah. that would like Blackman and that it was Owen and Owen and Ken. I think wasn't we had we had one with Blackman and Shamrock as well. A SummerSlam '98, I want to say around that time. Mm. I'm not sure of the date, but I mean, of I th- all the fucking gimmicks to have, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Toddcon commentary goes. James Storm fits right in with the pubs here in London, doesn't he? He always looks for that affirmation after every sentence like i know i do it as well sometimes i'm like you know or something like that i'm not a professional commentator on national telly you know no i was he do you see how i said you know in the end? <laughs> didn't even mean to <sighs> but uh do you get it though do you get the joke uh i'm i'm mm, no because he's a <laughs> cowboy he likes to drink and england has pubs so therefore because we're all drunk all the fucking time. <laughs> Did do, do you get it? Because <laughs> alcohol and pubs and James Storm likes to drink. So do you get it? James Storm on this tour must be a case of fucking hell. What is the point? Do you notice that everyone when they come out looks a little bit tired? Because <laughs> they're all like the three pub. hours sleep. All of them. It's crazy. Anyway, Aries and Rude refuse to tag in and they bugger off to the back, leaving these other heels, um, Daniels and Frankie, to fend for themselves. Everyone gets a spot. Joe Park does his big splash off Brett's rope, the kind of Tower of Pisa kind of just fall down thing. Hornswoggle splash. Tadpole splash. Fucking A. Swoggle gets some height on his splash, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Joe Park's deliberately not. Exactly. She said, like, Leaning Tower. Yeah, it's great Beautiful. stuff, man. Uh, Chavo being Chavo steals the pinfall pinfall from poor Joseph Park. What a dick move. Boo. Mm. Piece of shit. He does almost nothing. Let's fucking Joe Park do all the work and <laughs> runs in underneath to get the pinfall. One, two, three. The face team wins. I mean, it's a match, you know? All it was there for was to just showcase the champs i think that's all it was replay of the opening segment because we're all idiots so we need reminding of what just happened be- right before the match we just saw uh lockdown ad video recap rockstar spud winning the british boot camp stuff with rob terry and robbie e last week um i've got to say this is some of my favorite stuff from the last run of pods we've done for tna i love spud i think robbie e and robbie rob terry are absolutely fucking hilarious um, what do you think so far? I think it's been a good comedy foil. I think because Robbie is so disliked and the fans genuinely dislike him, it's a great first run for Spud to have a an established heel who it do, who doesn't need victories to stay dastardly and heelish. So Spud can go over. Robbie doesn't suffer a loss if he needs to lose, and he's annoying. So having someone 
who used to be such a character who was equally as annoying in Spud, was quite good. Absolutely, dude. You know how we talked about Disco Inferno in previous weeks and stuff, and it was all just like, look, he doesn't care about winning. Like, he's an idiot. He's everything that Robbie E is as well here. But he doesn't care ever about winning the match. Like, he'll celebrate and do a dance and stuff after being embarrassed and losing on the simplest of things and hitting his finisher and just getting rolled up and shit, you know. The the difference is that Robbie E always cares about winning. Like, it's really important to him. He's just a bit shit at doing it, you know. <laughs> Which is part of the charm of the character, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. It's so, so good. I don't know. I was thinking about a lot about the, the comparity between the two because he is kind of similar to Disco's character, you know. Yeah, but again, at least Robbie E was based off a, a reality TV show. Because it was, yeah. uh, again, to show my nerdy levels of terrible reality TV, I think it was supposed to be some character called The Situation. He was, yeah. There you go. But uh, Disco Inferno's just a cunt. Fair point, yeah. He also criticised my buddy, so fuck that guy. <laughs> Do you know about this? Yeah. yeah cool. Oh, yeah. I, you, I you, I, you sent me the soundbite. I think I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. It, bunch of rest, bunch of marks just doing a wrestling podcast. Cheers for the intro, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> I like Conan. No problem with Conan. So uh, the Robs come out. They've got their lovely pink sweaters on this week. Um, I love these two. Their dedication to their gimmick is outstanding every time. And they at least they changed yeah. for each week. Absolutely, dude. That 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 little element, you know, makes such a difference. Um, what was your favourite colour they wore? Because I'm still very partial to the, the, the lemon yellow. I was thinking had. the lemon was the one because it just makes them glow almost <laughs> as they walk into the ring. Uh, I, all, all, all three were great. Like They had the lemon, the baby blue, and they had the baby pink as well, didn't they? Just brilliant heel colours, man. They really nailed it. They knocked it out of the park. Um, also, Robbie's hair. It's as tall as he is. <laughs> like, he's done such a good job <laughs> with it, you know? It's amazing that WWE end up with these two absolutely beasty Welsh characters in both Rob Taylor and then Mason Ryan. Not to be confused, Tottenham midfielder Ryan Mason, which I got confused with in the early days. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, look at this, Ryan Mason. I mean, Mason Ryan, fuck. But these two hench, big lads. And it's just a shame that WWE couldn't really do anything with either of them. But I wonder how much of that is down to in re- we're going to sign them on aesthetics and then we're going to get them in the ring and go, uh, timing's not great. Sure. Did did WWE ever have uh, Liverpool centre-back Joe Gomez? No, they did not. That's but yeah, they were always Manchester United. So that's okay. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Robbie E, the match, I've, I've lost my train of thought. The next match is Robbie E with Robbie T by his ringside, by his side, fuck's sake, by his side for now versus Rockstar Spud. I went full Todd Kennelly. <laughs> that was not good. You've got to brain brace your in inner Todd on commentary. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Robbie E with the early power advantage. Spud misses a top rope leg drop. Robbie E tries to cheat by taking the clipboard off Rob Terry again. But again, Rob Terry confuses. Refuses. For fuck's sake. <laughs> refuses to give <laughs> Robbie E the clipboard. I like the consistency. Uh, leading to Spud rolling up Robbie in like cradly type pin for the one, two, three, and the winner is Rockstar Spud. All through this match, I was furious at Taz. I know it was oh, like yeah. two and a, two to three minutes, but like Todd was trying to obviously did the thing of Spud, 
what's the names of some of your moves? And he's tried. In fairness, right, this is the first time I'll give Todd some kudos on commentary. Mm-hmm. He is naming Spud's moves and trying to get them over as a new talent on the show. And Taz is like, why are you fucking calling it that? <laughs> it's a what? <laughs> Fuck off, Todd. Yeah, it's Taz doesn't have a great deal of tact. You know, he's trying to be a heel and he's meant to be a dick. That doesn't mean distracting from what they're trying to make work, you know? Yeah. Taz here is not being a dick. Taz here is being a bully. Yeah, absolutely. So, er Although, in fairness, his work with Team Taz... I'm starting to warm to it. Yeah, in AEW, I've not had a great deal of problem with him at all. I think his commentary on Dark is very funny. It's very relaxed. It seems like they're having a really good time doing it. And uh, Matthew on Botchamania uploads little clips of like his favorite bits of commentary from dark it, it's it's a riot man like check it out it's good fun like i liked taz's commentary in ecw i liked it when he first started doing commentary for wwe then it got really really shit when he was next to michael cole for a long time and i used to hate it because all he would do is go oh like it was just a noise machine it got really terrible and then he started doing commentary for tna and as you very well know as we've seen here i think it's absolutely fucking awful and then he seems to have come good again for AEW. It's like if you tell him what to do, he's awful. But if you just let him go and be a character and let him be Taz, he's, he's fucking excellent, man. I, for a quick test this week, well, last week when we watched this episode, um, I started thinking this is possibly some of the worst commentary we've covered oh, yeah. on this podcast. Absolutely. But I went on a search to see if I could find worse commentary. Ooh, interesting. What did you find? NXT season three, oh. the ladies' show, oh. Josh Matthews and Michael Cole. Oh. Now, <laughs> no, thank you. Episode one, each of them ends up a bit for the uh, for, to show how important the female wrestlers were in NXT season three. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched any of the reality-based ones of NXT. I did. Yeah. So the first episode, dear listener, if you weren't aware of it, it's available on the network if you want to. You know, punish your eyeballs. Talk your to yourself. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, the one of the first competitions was a dance contest where they had to dance with someone, and then the crowd would judge it. Wrestling. So the, first per- <laughs> the first person to come into the ring to dance with the first two ladies, which I think one was Naomi, uh, I can't, and I think that one was uh, Jamie, who used to be the ring announcer in NXT season two, mm-hmm. was Michael Cole, who took off his jacket, had braces on, had a nice little trilby to wear, was wearing his uh, dance shoes. Then they called in Chimmel to do dancing. And then in came Josh Matthews who tried to dance. It was atrocious. <laughs> Fucking atrocious. No, no comments about the commentary? Just the dancing? or Just both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love I mean, it. Seriously. I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of either, really. Like... It's what it is. The only <laughs> highlight of that show is when Michael Cole walked off and Punk came out to start doing comedy commentary with Josh Matthews. And then it was just Punk making what I described as great observations, which happened to be hilarious for the whole show. Absolutely. Like um, my favorite bits like that are him and Daniel Bryan, obviously, are the two that when they came on commentary with people like Michael Cole were just fucking hilarious, you know? When it's, <laughs> when it's Dragon and. Um, I think it's uh, what's the other guy you just mentioned? Uh, Matthews, Josh Matthews. Yeah, when I think I think it's Dragon and Josh Matthews when he's doing the whole bear shtick, 
Where he's like, oh, he's got the bear hug. He's got to kill him. It's a devastating bear. I love bears. I wrestled a bear once. Tracy Smothers wrestled a bear once. I was there. <laughs> Let's go on and on about bears. It's so funny, man. When, when, did you hit, see the thing um, before he got cleared to return? That there was like one thing on a WWE documentary where he was talking to Sami Zayn. He was like, I've got this great idea. If I can come back, I'm just going to wrestle like a bear. <laughs> Start showing Sami Zayn all these bear movements, like running around the training center <laughs> like a bear. Oh, amazing. Oh, well done, Dragon. So good. I haven't seen that. You're going to have to send that to me because that's going to be added to I'll my collection can... of like best moments in wrestling, you know? <laughs> see if I can do that. But um, again, not that I'm trying to avoid the substandard content. It's fine. Do you reckon Dragon's going to be put in as a triple threat at Mania with uh, Roman and Edge? No, I don't think so. No. I, I'd, I'm... Yeah, can't give us what we actually want. I mean, I, I think Mania should be one-on-ones. I don't like the idea of triple threats. Uh, always kind of ruins it for me. You know, I want, I want to tell a story. I want to tell a feud. I think there's enough space to be told between face edge the big comeback heel roman the dominant you know tribal chief um i think weirdly roman should win which uh, a mania, roman has to win uh, a mania should be win. the face winning it should always be the face winning. It's wwe they're a face company you know what i mean until which is Triple why edge i think along, they'll but... have i think they'll have roman and edge on the saturday night with roman going over oh, yes, then i days. think on the, and i think on the sunday they'll have bianca and sasha with Belair going over in the main event. The I think that's going to be your go home with Belair being the face victor. And again, another thing they can say we've had another women's main event at Mania. Maybe. It'd be interesting to see what they've they actually pull out of the bag, you know. They've only done it for two nights because Sasha Banks refused to come back if they couldn't main event Mania. And Vince McMahon was like, Women? <laughs> Which isn't Charlotte? Do it two nights. Yeah. It's weird that she's been booked as a face, Charlotte. She's such a natural heel. Anyway. Sasha Banks can main event on the Tuesday night in Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, post-match here, Robbie E is absolutely pissed off at Big Rob Terry. Robbie E slaps the shit out of Rob Terry. It's stiff Ooh, as anything. It's no. a great shot. And Terry's just like, like proper Terminator doesn't sell it. Uh, Terry dumps the clipboard, rips off the pink sweater, does a big scary grimace intimidating Robbie Robbie E enough to run away up the ramp, looking petrified. I adore these three working together. I think they're fucking hilarious. I love that the humane heel's an idiot. I love that the big, strong guy's terrifying to everyone because he's big and strong. I love that the plucky underdog that the crowd love is the solid face and gets the win and stuff. I, ah, wrestling's so easy. (laughs) It's so easy to do right, you know? When I saw Rob Terry take his shirt, I thought, mm, he's been working out. He must have been eating that uh, that Welsh call that we covered on that food podcast this week. Check it out. Lovely. Good. Where can, yeah. where can you find that? Clang! <laughs> where can you find that podcast, Dax? <laughs> uh, across all social media platforms at that food pod. Good stuff. Match graphics. Tara and Velvet walking around backstage. <laughs> match graphics. I mean, that's what they are. They just show match. I'm not going to go through them all. Fuck that. <laughs> Tara and her valet are walking backstage. Good old Jesse. Uh, more match He's graphics. He's giving her a pet sort, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm not, oh, we'll get them. Sorry, I'm not going to go through every detail. It's fucking TNA. Who cares? <laughs> it's not like it's going to come back and matter later. <laughs> oh, but it was just a, such a funny line where it was like, I'll always be your boyfriend and you'll always be Knockout's champion. I was like, oh, yes, Jesse. Yeah. Well played. 
I'm, I'm sure they said something. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, not that we're doing a <laughs> podcast about it or anything, you know. Uh, Tara and her valet are walking, but valet, valet, Vallejo paints. Managers. We talk Warhammer anyway. Uh, Matt, more match graphics. Uh, did you know Bellator's on after this? Uh, straight into another match. Two weeks in a row, match after match. <gasps> I know, I was upset. I had to take proper notes. <laughs> <laughs> My notes went more than a page. It's awful. Also, it's our first title match of the evening. The TNA, not knockout, not impact. Women's knockout four-way elimination match. God, it took me a second. Of Tara with Jesse, who's the... Jesse, Tara is the current champion. Versus Gail Kim versus Velvet Sky versus Miss Tess Macca, which obviously they set up last week with Brooke coming out doing a whole, I'm the authority thing here, I get to do this, you know, made this match. Uh, now, let's just check where we're going. So we've got women in the ring. So as it's TNA, let's get our bingo cards out. Mm. Have we got gusset shot from the, the, the flange cam? Yes, we do. Ding. Ha- have we got Taryn Terrell as a special guest referee? Ding. Have we got the R shot of Taryn Terrell as the special guest referee? Less, but ding. <laughs> Like, they just can't get do a it fucking Hebner. <laughs> give the ladies what they want. Give the give us some Hebner. <laughs> sure, dude. Yeah, it's uh, me perving by numbers in TNA. Oh, and uh, let's get the camera really close for Brooke Tessmacher's entrance. Ding. Oh, look, Velvet Sky. Let the pigeons loose. The hydraulics. Ding. Let the pigeons loose. It's not like they've all got the same fucking gimmick. <laughs> just slightly different names. They just got their gimmicks from different surgeons. Pretty much, dude. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what's that qualifications again? Do you remember this? And Gail Kim, the legitimate wrestler, is there. Oh, you forgot our gimmick. I, I remember asking you, what's, oh, sorry. what's her gimmick? What's her qualifications? You were like, double Ds, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I look at this match I and I thought, okay, Tara, brilliant worker. Gail Kim, one of the very best. Fucking and hell. Massively underrated. We should really emphasize yeah. how underrated Gail Kim is. She should have been in that Charlotte position for WWE for years, but she fucking wasn't. It's a disgrace. The fact that she walks out of WWE on a live TV show was one of my favorite things. When it got to that battle roll and she was like, I'm just eliminating myself and going home. That was, What's the fucking point? That was a big bollocks gangster move. And I think oh, that's fucking awesome. I loved it because she was treated like shit. She was good enough to be the man for years for WWE. <sighs> TNA did book her strong over her tenure there. Her her feuds with Awesome Kong and her feud with Terrence Terrell were really uh, the best women's matches TNA could have ever put on in Fucking that a, in yeah. that run of the company. Yeah, and also Velvet Sky and Miss Tessmacher are here in this match, aren't they? <laughs> Let the pigeons loose. So, um, and the one thing I started to think as this match kicks in is that TNA would be really tolerable if every show had this like ratio of segment to matches, and it was at this pace. Brilliant. What would also make it more tolerable is if they had Nitro Hour 2 of Pyro. <laughs> always good. Always, always good. So a replay of the awful finish from last week where Tess Macca beat the current champ. I forgot about this finish until they reminded me. And I was like, why would you do this? Just don't remind us. <laughs> uh, Brooke Hogan is also here with her faux Taylor Swift music. Uh, the bidet song was so much better, but that's what it is. I was going to say, how dare you sully the good name of T Swift, mm. of my, my okay. of my beautiful Tay Tay. Yeah, um, match is about to kick in, and they cut to adverts because you know, fuck this company. Uh, we come back, Brooke Hogan. I mean, this is what you have to come back for, right? They leave you wanting more. They know the women are on TV, and you're like, 
horny teenagers are going to stick around after the ads, right? That's how this works. Well, because they can clean themselves up in the ads and come back for more. Don't know what you're talking about. Because they haven't had a shower (laughs) that day. Wrestling fans, none of them have showered, right? This is how this works. (laughs) Wrestling fans, if you knock one out in the shower, you're already clean. (laughs) (laughs) I was going with, you know, I I was saying I miss going to live TNA shows. I mean, live TNA, live wrestling shows. The one thing I don't miss is the uh, ever-present smell of like B.O. and cum. (laughs) across the fans the good Whatever. thing is though if you at least if you now try to message progress they might mo- they openly admit that their their responses are no longer monitored so after saying please contact if you've got any questions mm. so um it's almost like when jim got his 78 grand for selling his shares in that company he almost knew something bad was happening he ran off with the money and took his lovely job at wwe yeah and you were just like yeah their uh their messages or whatever aren't monitored anymore It'd be like oh what like the safeguarding <laughs> like Oh, crikey. But none of, Allegedly, none of, in my none opinion. Of the guys in the, none of the guys had a problem with it. So it was all right to use him as an agent. Of course. It's like being racist. And, you know, if you get caught, that's bad. But but you don't apologize. Like, that, that's okay. No. <laughs> because if your child, what happens Fuck if me. your baby is ginger? <gasps> yeah. That's the problem with the. I mean, <laughs> I always said, yeah, let's not get sued by them. Uh, moving on. So, <laughs> Brooke Hogan is here. Blah, 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 blah. We come back from the adverts and Brooke Hogan... I didn't know Hulk Hogan was in the royal family, in my opinion. Of wrestling, in my opinion. Something. Um, <sighs> Brooke, I mean, Hogan never loved suits like I these, did. These are jokes <laughs> that, like, in 10 years' time, someone's going to see this part and be like, what the fuck are they talking about? What's the date so I can tell them? The 9th of March, 2021. Just go look up the news on the 9th of March, 2021, and you'll, you'll get an idea for what we're joking about. Uh, let's move on. Ah, oh, when King <laughs> Harry was on Oprah. <laughs> I mean, you could just say it. Why not? Fuck it. When he has a hostile takeover of the royal family, oh, and Meghan's the queen. Walks in with like AKs <laughs> under each arm, like, what's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> hostile takeover time. Cross the line. Me and my good friend, Chairman Kim. Oh, I would like to announce the new king of Buckingham Palace. Have you watched uh, I suppose you haven't, but there's a documentary on the assassination of Kim Jong-un's brother? Do you know about this? I have not. Oh, I, knew his, cool. I knew he got his uncle off, allegedly. Uh, no, he killed both... Well, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Hang on, are we about to to add North Korea to another country (laughs) we're not allowed to visit? I don't think it's a problem, to be fair, but uh, it's a very good documentary called Assassins. I'd highly recommend you watch it. Uh, Basically, what it boils down to, without wishing to spoil it too much, is the two people that murdered Kim Jong-un's brother. They have it on tape and everything. I think it was in uh, uh, Malaysia, I think it was. Oh, God, I wish I could remember which country it was. But anyway... Um, they killed him in an airport by putting um, gas stuff over his face. What the hell is it called? Thingy- COVID. Thing- <laughs> no. Uh, thingy agent, whatever. I'm I'm explaining this terribly. Chlorophyll. But the- chlorophyll some kind of... Yeah, 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 similar sort of stuff. The two people that did it didn't know they were doing it. They thought they were on a TV show. <laughs> and you're like, huh? Wait, <laughs> seriously? And like how they get there and what happens and stuff is is the documentary, but like I pff, it's crazy. I was just sitting there just like what? How, how 
is this a thing? Like my jaw's on the floor for like ninety minutes. It's really Alexa really good. and the Fiends did it. <laughs> I mean, it, if that was a pro wrestling storyline, literally that documentary, you'd be like, oh, this this would never happen in real life. <laughs> it's crazy. Although you've got the stuff with um in NXT with Boa at the moment as well, and um oh, uh, I definitely watch so- NXT because it's part of my job. Yes, so we'll move on from this. So uh, I don't, I don't, I don't sully your good reputation. <laughs> I literally had a meeting with Ollie, right? Oh, Zaylee, Where... sorry, Zaylee. <laughs> I, I can put this on the podcast. It's fine. Uh, I, yeah, Zaylee's awesome, by the way. I had a legit meeting with Ollie where I was like listing all the things I do, which is like a one-to-one, like going through my work schedule and everything else. And he was like, "Well, you don't need to watch Raw, SmackDown, or NXT anymore." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, really? <laughs> good, <laughs> awesome." <laughs> <laughs> I, I still do catch them sometimes because you know it's nice to keep up to date and everything but he doesn't have to pay me to do it anymore so that's good for him the bastard <laughs> uh the heels of tara and gail kim team up on velvet sky early on uh it's and we've talked about gail kim already um so the editor editing camera work again is super pervy a bit less pervy than two weeks ago but it's still hmm. the crowd is fucking dead throughout the beginning of this match no interest in this whatsoever no and maybe with good reason the actual booking to get here has been who gives a shit sort of status you know tara's been pinned by tess macker but tess macker doesn't seem like a legitimate threat at any point it's it's weird the start of this match i just found this this whole match irrelevant Mm. they could have just let gail and tara go for it for the whole thing and the fact they had gail eliminating tara first i mean i suppose then you've got the suspense of we've got a new new champ but still run through it because i don't expect people to go watch this you know what i mean um poor bastards why would you uh tara hits a big old moonsault velvet Velvet connects with her shitty x factor in yo face uh gail covers tara one two three eliminating the champ straight away to essentially silence kind of sad to see everyone didn't want tara to lose the strap especially like this pinned by no one who's been feuding with her yeah and like one person doing the move and then the other heel pins her to eliminate her it's like eh? yeah okay what's this meant to do uh i suspect that will never be paid off but who knows we'll give them some benefit of the doubt who are we kidding (laughs) (laughs) tower of doom spot as brooke hogan looks on they love kind of Brooke Hogan during this match. But she has to be the focus of the storyline, obviously. She's a Hogan, yeah? Come on, brother. Get her on TV. It's money. Oh, that, Open your legs, Brooke. That should have been her gimmick. It's going on, not that. <laughs> like her, her gimmick should have been coming on TV and going, Hello, sister. How are you doing? Just calling everyone sister but in a deep, crookly tone or whatever. Oh, I'm going to say my prayers and eat my vitamins. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, eat your vitamin eat your prayers and take your vitamins mm. anyway uh, velvet sky reverses a roll-up attempt by Tessmacher. Tessmacher is blatantly in the ropes but it's taron terrell's the referee so one two three off goes Tessmacher, who's the only person who was logical to win this match because she beat tara last week in a non-style match yeah to qualify for the place in the elimination four-way match leaving velvet sky and gail kim left in the ring two people that were not feuding with the champ a bit weird i suppose they were feuding with each other 
Yeah. They've had a little bit of beef early on, so at least it's right to leave them there. But they didn't need the belt yeah. to have a feud with this. Yeah, sure. Give them some benefit of the doubt here. Velvet Sky hits her crappy X Factor thing again. One, two, three. And new TNA, not Impact, Knockouts Champions, Velvet Sky. So they've been building tension between Ref Taron Terrell and Gail Kim, which apparently leads to a feud down the line, right? Yes, yes. But Velvet Sky has kind of been floating around the title picture. But did we have to have Tessmacher beat Tara last week for the champ to be eliminated first and then Tessmacher second and then just have the heel win anyway? Like, can we not have the faces eliminate the heel champ? Like, teaming up on her maybe to keep her strong? You know, like, there seems to be like just complete lack of logic in this match. They've gone full old version of Mania booking here, where, as it's the last night of the show, they've got to get everyone on the card. So having Tess Maka beat Tara last week was a legit excuse to get her on the last show of the card. Because if you think so far, we had eight-man tag to start with. Great. So it's eight in there. The three lads from, you know, Spud and the Robbies. We've now got another four-person elimination, plus a referee, plus Brooks. So we're already close to 20 athletes involved here, plus the whole thing at the start with Hogan and Bully. Mm -hmm. It's get everyone in. This was a four-person elimination match, and the runtime was just under nine minutes. For the belt. Yeah, disgraceful. Replays. Gail Kim deserved better. Yeah, fucking it. I've got no problem with, like, you know, Gail Kim and even Velvet Sky being in there and... Like, you're going to put the belt on Velvet Sky, fine, you're trying to create a new star or whatever. Um, just not how I would do it. And the logic of getting there seems stupid. Like, it's just, I just don't understand what they're trying to do here at all. But whatever. Title change in London, though, to show that anything can happen on a TNA show, I guess. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, at least they got a bit more time, unlike, you know, certain other modern companies that just refuse to put their women in tv apparently apart from exactly one and a half hours into their show every week <coughs> tony khan i'm <coughs> tony khan hey we had a whole <laughs> tournament with ladies from japan on youtube leave it be they did indeed replays of the opening segment again because you know have to get hogan stick in don't we he's in a match later and because did you know that bellator's on soon <laughs> did you did you indeed i've obviously left a lot of those out this week it was starting to get just like is it even funny <laughs> Bellator's on after this, you know? I put a few in. But But Bellator really is on after this. Yeah, it's literally every other segment there's a Bellator ad. It's during matches a Bellator ad pops up. During matches, commentary talk about Bellator, you know. You know, King Mo's on after this, mate. Like he was in TNA once, you know? Yeah. Last week Dixie was on uh, Bellator. Did you know you can follow her on T uh Twitter at TNA Dixie? You can follow TNA Dixie on TNA and Dixie Twitter you get it but you can also follow us <laughs> at world of rest pod and if we get to 200 followers we'll be doing the competition for the free hoodie so if you don't follow us already on twitter give us a follow yeah world of rest pod on twitter like legit actually do it because we post some funny shit up there now so it's, it's good stuff um hogan and sting chatting backstage sting leaves hogan to go to the room next door to say hello to bubba who's like was hogan okay was he happy about it he's just like they're literally next to each other and they're using Sting as the go-between. This is how we're using Sting now. Sting. Fucking Sting. He is. I mean, he's the <sighs> ultra intermediary. He's, he's the got messenger great services boy. Available. Hogan and yeah. Bubba from the Dudley boys. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, when you put it like that, Sting is the message boy for... 
the immortal Hulk Hogan and one half of the Dudley Boys, I think that tells you why this company is in the shits that it is. And we'll get to him. He can hear the conversation Hogan and Stinger are having. They're literally in the rooms next to each other with the doors open. Like, what the fuck is this segment? I wish Sting had gone. Oh, is Hogan okay? Don't know. I've just been nailing Brooke. <laughs> what? You could just hear awesome. thumping going through the wall. I'll <laughs> be those fire slayers again. <laughs> That's a joke between us that no one else is ever going <laughs> to all right okay so brief recap of the aj styles oh my god where the fuck is he on these shows and dixie carter storyline they'll have more next week apparently so there we go hooray we get aj styles on the pod will we i'm not even convinced we totally will to be honest is he better yeah i mean we got he's not gonna be wrestling we got we got the flair savage style photograph recap love that (laughs) what you know they showed oh. obviously in the little vignette was like oh and look here's pictures of AJ getting all sweaty with oh, another person. Oh, that is long, <laughs> you know, like those segments. Uh, yeah. And of all of the things they fucking do to AJ Styles, trying to make him a fake Ric Flair, it's a case of a man who is a very, 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 very Christian man mm. who, ha- at the time where he lived, it's a case of on national TV. Uh, Alan, it's saying that you are boffing another lady outside of wedlock. Mm. It's like, why would you sign up? I mean, obviously he's doing his job, he's getting paid, but it's like, why are you putting people in this position? What were Hogan and Bischoff and Dixie trying to prove here by, we need to give AJ a character? I'd argue that in WWE, they just said to AJ, just be yourself and be a little bit of a dick and just be very, very full of your own confidence and yeah. fully believe in your own shit, which is, I get the impression, is what he does. Because you wouldn't go to The Undertaker, I think we should work together. <laughs> and having this schmuck from TNA mm. be The Undertaker's last match, inarguably, and I, I, you know, the fun house last year at Maine was was brilliant. Of all the cinematic matches we've had, Undertaker versus AJ was fucking quality. Yeah. Funhouse was brilliant for the in jokes, but for me, the Metallica, the bikes, Taker, uh, Gallows and Anderson see, in a main event of Mania. You, you're not a movie guy, so it's like I've seen thousands of terrible movies that are like that. I've never seen anything like the Firefly Funhouse. You know what I mean? So that has like a special place in my heart because, like, you know, he literally stood in front of John Cena and went, "You can look, but you I can't." I mean, that was the best bit of my I just could not <laughs> stop laughing for like ten minutes. I remember sending you photos of my face, just going, "Look at my face! It's never looked like this. I can't stop laughing." I really hope they don't do it, Firefly Funhouse, for him and Randy, unless they've got Bray <laughs> shitting in a bag on paper. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that... they were going to do it this year because they've got there's time and space to do it, and there's no fans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they fucking not had him on tv which is brilliant oh i need something because why 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 would they have him why would they have him because they can't why have him around for nine weeks if they can bring him back after fast lane they've got like five weeks of coverage to to bring him in and and then then and maybe he's already just writing the script for a five five house with thirty thousand people it's you are right okay it's it's um it's the uh, the problem with WWE that I have at the moment is that the, the stories are there, they're just not telling them. You know what I mean? And it's this this works for this scenario. But there's so many cases where like they could be dropping little things and hints and 
throwbacks and all that sort of bollocks. They just never what, like do a it. man not wearing his wedding ring? One of those little subtle sure. hints. See, this is the thing from last week is that I agreed with you. I said that was a great idea. And you were like, no, it's not. And they went to tell me how it wasn't. And I was no. like, oh, God, no. Oh, there are I've bad bits said. about that. And you went, yes, it is. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? No, I've always said the <laughs> subtle thing. I've never said, I've, I, I'm so, sorry if it was confusing to the listener, but I've never thought that was a bad thing, the subtlety of the ring. Great. I thought the idea of you're not losing the wrestling wrestling ring um, i'm taking oh, that the piss. Was a bad i'm taking the piss it's all good oh man but anyway yeah aj's been having a terrible year we're gonna find out more about it and then we get the young boys again i'm, I'm really looking a video forward. package i'm really looking forward to having some aj next week i'm hoping it's good because we're back to the impact zone of all fucking places so uh, bringing aj stars has got to make this better no matter what he's doing right well at least if we're talking about talent we're about to be sampling uh garrett bischoff sure so we get some stock footage of London, video recap of Angle, the Aces and Eights, Young Boys heel turn stuff, which leads us into a match of Samoa Joe versus Garrett Bischoff. Now, knowing the position of both these gentlemen in this company, you'd think that Joe's going to walk in, pick Bischoff up by the scruff of the neck, go, die, 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 pin him, and that's going to be the end of the match. Right? That's the logical story here. That's what it should be. So Joe gets to the ring. Bischoff immediately bows to the outside. Great heel stick. Really love it. Joe looks fucking furious. Bischoff is wearing his pleather waistcoat and jeans to wrestle in. Loving stick with the gimmick. All this is absolutely great. Joe and Bischoff play cat and mouse around the ring. Bischoff's legging it, running away, doing all he can to avoid Joe. Really making him out like it'd be a big threat. Great, 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 great. All good. Joe gives Bischoff more than he viably should in this match from this point onwards. Like, you, you've got to appreciate Joe being generous, but there comes a point where a, an inexperienced guy coming up against one of the legitimate, biggest, scariest, best workers they've got in TNA should not be getting this level of shitting. No, as you said, the heel work, if he'd literally just spent five minutes running away and then got counted out, that would have been the be- best thing for, for Bischoff here because heel, dastly, gets over that Joe's scary, Joe continually getting frustrated, and that's when you could have had a run-in because Joe's yep. so furious he can't concentrate rather than actually letting Bischoff have the upper hand and do the, what can I be described as? Uh, how should I put it without not sounding deliberately incorrect but early 2000s female wrestling in wwe stomps when the ladies there to be pretty rather than trained to be athletes the word that comes to mind is hesitant oh that's very nice that's a lot more pleasant correct than the horrible picture i put there but like it was like watching candace michelle lay in the stomps yeah absolutely they're, they're doing everything they've been told to do they're just not comfortable with it yet it's like when someone learns yeah. to play an instrument for the first few times you know what i mean you see them. Hang perform. on, you've seen all of my shows. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually very good, so don't 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 downplay yourself. Well, you were. That's because I learned the volume down <laughs> the, the volume down dial on my bass, and so no one could hear the errors. <laughs> okay, sidetrack a little bit. My, uh, yeah, Bischoff, blah 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 blah. Whatever. We'll get back to it. My dad bought me a ukulele for my birthday. Oh, nice. And I've been learning songs in it, so maybe I'll finish the pod with a little ukulele out there. You never know. 
I hope you can start, basically, I, I will set you homework for this week, that as we've got AJ next week, I want you to try and learn his TNA entrance theme on oh. the ukulele. Dun, 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 dun. I Get am, ready I to am. fly. <laughs> Get ready to fly. Do, 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 do. I was thinking more <laughs> Brooke Hogan, but we'll see what happens, eh? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't deserve the ukulele treatment. Fucking A. So after a few minutes of Bischoff getting in way too much, Joe takes over. Joe signals for the end, but Briscoe does a run-in, helping his buddy. Uh, Ref calls for the DQ, and you're like, righto. What more is there to say? Yeah, okay, fine. Joe got to wrestle angle on this tour for five minutes. Yeah. What's the point in being there? Sure. Uh, The young boys start to beat down Joe. Yes, you heard me correctly. Joe is being very generous this evening. By not just standing up and beating the shit out of these two. Which leads to Angle running down to chase off the young boys. So Angle does the one thing Angle does now. He grabs the mic and he goes, We're going to have a match, you and me, Wes Briscoe. In a solid steel cage. Third time. (laughs) In a year. (laughs) Oh, Kurt. What are they doing to you, buddy? The second time during this 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 run of shows, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a blood feud ending match. Let's have a solid steel cage match." Although, again, going with the concept of you know no interference, other than we clearly saw Briscoe a couple of weeks ago climb over the cage and got in. Mm-hmm. The other Sorry, two cage Brett matches they mentioned in this feud have both had interference. Just to throw that out there, like a lot of interference. In fairness, so Kurt Angle being the tough man, where he was like, oh, I got you your TNA contract, and I'm glad he did, because the pain he's going to deliver is going to be 100% legal, unless there's a rope break. Mm. They do rope breaks in a TNA cage match? Who knows? They do so many other shitty things. I guess we'll find out, because this is going to be a lockdown, right? Yeah! Because they don't mention the whole, everything's in a cage, TNA, TNA, but whatever. I'm interested. Just imagine if, if imagine if Angle turned around and went, "I'm going to challenge you one on one at lockdown, but we're going to take down the cage." <laughs> I was going to say, I know that some years they didn't have every match in a cage, right? Or was it has it always I been think, every match is in the cage? I think the whole idea of lockdown was always in the cage, and that's when WWE started going two Hell in a Cells in one show. The fact Maybe. that they have a scheduled Hell in a Cell every year makes me fucking angry. Remember how much that used to matter before they were just like, oh, it's, it's that time of year again, guys. Here's the hell in the cell. Now we're going to put whoever's in a feud here. Ah, oh, Swoggle and El Torito. Yeah. Or as Michael Nee used to call him, Torito. Careful now. <laughs> uh, so next match is TNA X Division title match. Our second championship match of the night. Uh, Rob Van Dam, the current champion. Mr. Phone it in himself versus <laughs> Kenny King, who has kind of been established as a character early on in these runner shows. But as we've talked about, it's not been the focus of attention for Rob Van Dam. I think we all know what the focus of attention for Rob Van Dam has been. But mm, not not putting on great feuds, that's for sure. RBD doesn't care. I think his time in TNA was best when he was in the main title picture. And I think, again, around... I think it was around this time, again, the turning point when we had a feud with Ken Anderson and both those lads, their promos on this genuinely were probably the best of each guy's career. And I know, obviously, 
Ken Anderson was very, very good on the mic. But RVD, his promos are always very, you know what you're going to get with a promo thing. But 2011 RVD in TNA, when they were like, just be pissed off, RVD. And he was, and it was so good. But as you said, here, phoning it in would be putting it a, a big of an, a big exaggeration on it. Yeah, I think he is particularly fucked off with the travel schedule as well because he's just not involved at all. I guess that doesn't give reasoning for why his Impact Zone matches weren't exactly great either, but here... Couldn't like, find a local dealer. I mean, maybe so, dude. They, they barely stopped, so... They were in Manchester previously, though, so they could have just gone to any fucker in the street and been like, got any drugs? And be like, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's Manchester. <laughs> like, you know, they're in London No, just now. a gun. <laughs> but if you take this gun to London, then you can get drugs. <laughs> we love you, Manchester. Not really, but anyway. Task is going on about <laughs> wanting RVD to join Aces and Eights. And heel Kenny King jumps RVD. And I'm like, holy shit, they had a heel jumper face in TNA. It's the first time. Usually the other way around. They've crossed the line. <laughs> They've crossed the line. It's nearly always the face jumping the heel. So like, to see it done like the right way around, I was like, did they mean to do this correctly? <laughs> Is this a thing? Like, yeah. I was going to say, are they thinking Kenny King's the face? <laughs> Maybe. He comes out laughing and smiling and dancing every fucking week. So, I mean, whatever. He does heelish things in his matches sometimes. But then he does these really impressive high spots during most of the match and comes out laughing and dancing and smiling with his shitty music every week. So <sighs> I dislike wrestling when it doesn't have heels on faces. Sometimes it's okay when you're doing a turn or something, but this Kenny King, mm. you're just a fucking budget lethal. Budget J Lethal. You're just a budget J Lethal. Here budget J Lethal. <laughs> Here he fucking is, that's for sure. So there's a point where Kenny King is mocking RVD, I guess. And um, RVD's on the floor. And Kenny King just squats over him like he's going to shit on him. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think this is what he meant it to look like, but looks like he's about to shit on his chest. And I was like, please, please. <laughs> this will be awesome. I can write home about Two this. Two guys, one X-Division championship. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, so that's what we need these days. Because again, two girls, one cup came out <laughs> in wrestling. We we need something of that magnitude. We had that in the human centipede, top girl. And now we need something you know. in the modern era to people go, Ugh, "What's that?" Fucking a kids nowadays. They don't know about top girl and you know two girls on one cup. <laughs> they don't know about the internet if... used to be before they fucking policed the whole fucking thing. All the images appearing. Images appearing. I'm gonna get seen. Nip. No, ah. it's in a bra. <laughs> Waste of seven hours. What do they know about 36k dial-up? Absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it, pro- it, pro- it provides the skill of edging. <laughs> it's coming. We're getting the pictures coming. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. So, Kenny King and Rob Van Dam are having a surprisingly lumbering match. I think is the nicest way I can possibly put it. For an X Division match, it's snail's pace. It's so slow. Oh, we get a very, very um, laid-back roll in Thunder where RVD did one roll, stood, had a think, did his shopping, mm. then another roll, and a very lazy <laughs> dive on top of Kenny King. I remember when we did our training session with Coach Wicked down at SCPW, you guys were talking about how, you know, if you're going slow, you think you're going slow, you probably need to go slower. 
And I remember watching my footage back and being like, should have gone faster. Because <laughs> I'm a fat fuck and I'm slow. <laughs> but these two have taken it way too far. Like This is almost embarrassing. The crowd just literally go into silence as the match ends. And it's like, not great. Haven't we covered a match that was in super slow-mo? For one of these pods. I'm sure I've seen something where they do a slow motion match. King of Trios. We have one there. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. We can't say the name of that company anymore, I don't think. But, you know, it's a shame. It's a real shame. Half the roster's on AEW, but no one ever mentions it, you know? But it's what it is. Um, and that great match between that other bloke and that other bloke, which we were lyrical about, that other UK show based near Wolverhampton that we can't mention the name of that promotion anymore either. Weird times, eh? Yeah. Oh, Fight Club, bro. <laughs> It's a fight Still club, bro. A five it's a, a fight cunt. club, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does that tell you? Nonces actually steal money as well. Fucking a. Allegedly, in my opinion. In my opinion, yeah. Uh, we didn't name uh, sorry, him. So sorry, sorry. Right, no, oh, sorry, no, sorry. And also, he's not a nonce. He's just a fucking enabler. There you go. That's sure. much better. Yeah, in your opinion, not my opinion. No, in fact, <laughs> these views do not present the opinion of Ollie Davis. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> 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 and one episode in and you're <laughs> off the air don't know what you're talking about <laughs> almost out of nowhere I mean literally out of nowhere Rob Van Dam just stops giving Kenny King anything in this match <laughs> does the rolling thunder goes stay there <laughs> literally holds him down and says don't fucking move this match is ending now <laughs> puts him down goes up does the five star frog splash RVD goes, don't you fucking dare kick out as he pins him for the one, two, three. And still X Division champion Rob Van Dam. He got sick of this match quick, didn't he? I get the impression that he, he basically said to Kenny King, like, the referee said, go home. And the referee goes, no, I didn't. Yep, he like, said, go home. Yes, he fucking did. <laughs> We're going home. <laughs> oh, this oh, was dire. Yeah. This absolutely diabolical. Yeah, apparently the travel was horrifically bad, but this is almost on the levels of unprofessionalism, you know. Highest, one of the the highest attended TNA shows. Pull your fucking finger out. I know know we're giving though. He doesn't need to fucking prove anything, you know. No, but you've got to sell merch. Yeah, people were excited for Rob Van Dam to be the guy to debut in AEW, and I'm like, fuck it. When's the last time you watched one of his matches? (laughs) They're not that great. Or in, f- in fairness, when he was basically being like the sex addict in TNA mm. uh, recently, when he had like two ladies on each arm in a hot tub, I was like, I can get on board with this Rob Van Dam. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember, like, you've seen his ECW matches, like Jerry Lynn and stuff. You mean the stuff where he actually wrestled really well, yeah? When's the last time you actually watched those matches? Oh, I mean, we're talking years since I sat down to watch like RVD Jerry Lynn. And I know it's of its time and stuff like that, but we were watching stuff in WCW in 94, which is around the t- It's actually a couple of years before Rob Van Damme and Jerry Lynn were doing their shit. Like the levels of Hoovy, like Psychosis, Rey Mysterio, even like Disco's in-ring stuff is better than what Rob Van Damme was doing. I'm going to be honest. It, it's not that great. Like it's the gimmick that works. It's the entrance that yeah. works. Gimmick, the fact he looks like another famous Van Dam. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fairness, the the height he gets on his frog splash, he's a very, very impressive athlete. Yeah. 
I think his best work, genuinely, was when he wrestled Undertaker. Don't remember. Going off the um, going off the near the Tron, uh, crossbody onto Taker and leading into the feud. But, but that's the thing with Rob Van Dam is that he can do spots. Like you know, I can do fucking spots. You know, I can throw myself off shit. Like, I'm 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 willing to do that sort of stuff. Like he doesn't get the 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 je ne sais quoi about pro wrestling, like a Daniel Bryan or a CM Punk or a Bret Hart. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he oh he's he's, he's nowhere near that guy. level. And he always kind of has been. Like, I don't think he's ever really told good in-ring stories. Like, you think about the crowd they had for the ECW one-night stand with John Cena. That's all John Cena. All the interaction, all the spot, like, everything in that match is John Cena. Rob Van Dam does his spots at the end and wins the match. But that's about it. Yeah, if you think of his feuds, um, well, I, I say I call it a feud, like, Invasion, where he had the, the hardcore stuff attacking the Hardys, but... I can't actually, other than Jerry Lynn, think of an RVD storyline because they they were even said at the time. Um, I think it was in one of Taker's like last ride bits or his Broken Skull session with Austin, mm. where he's essentially t- he was saying that I was given two options. I was told I could work with RVD or I could work with Ric Flair at WrestleMania 18. <laughs> well, it's a no-brainer. I know who I'd Man, work with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it, yeah, that's weird. a really interesting point, though. Can you think of, other than the famed feud with Jerry Lynn. Any other high-profile Rob Van Dam feuds? Kinda. There's there's a stuff with Jeff Hardy. There's a stuff with um, Randy Orton right as he was leaving WWE. Because I'll never forget the way he sold the RKO. He head spiked it like yeah. British backyard or wood or something. You know what I mean? But that's a, that's a spot rather than the storyline. Yeah, fair point. It's my criticism maybe, maybe of the young bucks. Maybe that's booking of him, you know what I mean? But it's like yeah. great wrestlers like Daniel Bryan can take a fucking dog shit storyline but tell the story in the ring to make the crowd care about it. You know what I mean? I don't I think mean, Rob being Van Damme... I mean, being up with Kane. Yeah. And how fucking amazing that ended up being. You know what I mean? And I just don't think Rob Van Damme was really ever a guy that was capable of being able to do that sort of stuff with what he was given, you know? No, he's not a storyteller. He's an athlete. Maybe we'll look into it at some point down in the future. Maybe there's some RVD shows that we can do or something because he's always cool. a guy you I liked watching. It? You know, I never complained at the time watching his matches. They were fun. But... No, uh, earlier RVD matches were good, but I said now you've mentioned it. There is no, there's no storytelling capability. I said I, I mentioned maybe the Anderson and RVD stuff, but I think that was only like a couple of weeks leading into Turning Point from. A very, very vague recollection from 10 years ago. But tell me more you about know, TNA's long-term storytelling, sorry. <laughs> so I had to get in. 19 months of Aces and Eights. <laughs> it feels like 19 sure. months since we started this I mean, random yeah, show. Yeah, fucking A. So uh, Creepy Camera Op is back to capture Brooke backstage, worried that Hulk is going to be wrestling tonight. I'll with you. Hang on, she must be an Ace and Eights. She wants to put Bully <laughs> Ray in the field when he's injured, but now she doesn't want her dad getting hurt. Brooke Hogan's the big fat dude in Aces and Eights. <laughs> Fucking like, imagine he starts ripping off the padding. It's like, it was me all along. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, bully. I've got you and I've got Devon now. <laughs> <laughs> Tonsil hockey over the TV title but that hasn't been defended but, all four weeks. But they're brothers, Tax. You can't do that. Whips out sign guy. And like, you know, all of them. Like, blah, 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 blah. I'll take all 10 of them. <laughs> ECW, Tommy Dreamer. Style. I'm hardcore. <laughs> Kimura comes out and is like, what the fuck's going on? Just starts doing a strip tease on the ramp, you know? <laughs> like, you dub, you dub. Shane Douglas running, you know, gets DDT by Ric Flair and go like, Ric Flair, Ric Rude. It's like, fuck you! 
<laughs> People start pissing in the ring, oh. you know. Ah, all the ECW references. Can it- Kenny King having a shit on RVD all this stuff. <laughs> That's what he was going for, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, so um, another Hardy, Hardy video package. Um, his injury is pretty much all healed. Well, his MRI did come back negative, so it's good to know. Uh, Jeff tells us that he and Bully Ray may have the greatest cage match of all time. <laughs> well, tune into our finale, folks, to find out whether they have the greatest cage match of all time. Better than Bretton Owen. You know, better than like the cell matches and stuff. Like Jeff Hardy and Bully Ray and TNA are gonna have the greatest, the greatest <laughs> TNA cage, the cage match of all time. Not even TNA cage match, just cage match. I mean, you've got to set those goals high, and I believe <laughs> they'll be able to pull it off. Just like Brooke backstage. Wait, <laughs> she's a slash. <laughs> <laughs> for your me- allegedly in our all, opinion all, 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 all I want to say is again I also rewatched Wedding Crashes purely just okay. for the line in the background where one of them goes oh shit sluts <laughs> Brooke Hogan movie. yeah I like that movie two movie references in another pod look at you you're developing by the way have you seen Blazing Saddles no okay maybe is that a western film <laughs> got horses in it right is it a western film the simple answer is yes the long answer is it's the funniest movie that anyone has ever made in existence. It's literally top five for me of all time movies. It's a Mel Brooks movie. Do you know who Mel Brooks is? Was that was were they in Freddy Got Fingered? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to just trust me on this one. I, I'll find you a copy of Blazing Saddles. You need to see it. Oh, that's right. Is, is it? A you're long a theatre guy, right? You like, like theatre yeah. and musicals. Have you seen the producers? Yes. That's Mel Brooks. Okay. Okay. So springtime okay, for so Hitler and everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, if it's on a big screen, it's probably not really worth watching. If it's on the stage, it'll be all right. If they did Blazing Saddles on the stage, it would probably be very, very, very good. Because, you know, as you will call me, I'm an upper middle class cunt. <laughs> You're just going to have to trust me on this one. We'll get there. Well, Spinal Tap and Blazing Saddles, the two movies, I think you'll genuinely just be like, this is the greatest things I've ever seen. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe we could do a podcast about movies one day. <laughs> just literally steal everyone's stick. Uh, <laughs> sorry, do you know that um, the Attitude Era guys, they the Kevin Mahan, I think his name is. Um, do you know the Attitude Era podcast? Yeah. Um, they do a movie where it's he who loves movies and his mate who hasn't seen any movies. They watch a movie, then they podcast about it. I was like, so we just do that as well. Like literally steal <laughs> everyone's shit, you know? Well, whatever. Time. I'd fall asleep. That That's the problem. Like, movies are long. TNA's long. <laughs> There's enough stuff in Blazing Saddles that I guarantee you will not be able to stop laughing. You'll, you'll adore it. I, I know you pretty well. You know what I mean? It's one of these. But anyway, let's finish this pod. Time for your main event of the evening. A six-man tag. Or is it? Ooh, of Ooh. an injured Bully Ray who was put in this situation by his father-in-law. Hulk Hogan, who's also in the match, and Sting versus the Aces and Eights of Devon, the DOC, Doc Gallows, and Mr. Kennedy! Or Anderson, whatever. Kennedy. Kennedy! <laughs> Kennedy! <laughs> Much better gimmick. Uh, so, oh God, Baba does the who and I just get really sad because I like Stan Hansen. I'm a big mark and 
don't like the fact that he does the gimmick. Everyone is ready to go. Hogan's music plays. But where is Hulk Hogan? Where in the world Catering. is Hulk Hogan? Catering. <laughs> Brooks dressing room. Taz calls Hogan yeller on commentary. Do you get it? Well, he does wear that shirt. <laughs> Do you get it? Because Hogan used to wear yellow and red and yellow is a colour that represents being scared in American culture. You're, you're yellow. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Fucking. Well, he came <sighs> crashing down and it hurts inside. <laughs> and that's why Hogan had put his hip out going down the stairs. Because he came crashing down and now it hurts inside. And that's why he's not at the ring. <laughs> Many jokes. Too little time. So Aces and Aces jump Bubba and Sting. We cut to ads. Because, you know, why not? Uh, come back and still no Hogan. Aces and Aces beat up Bubba. Who gets in some hope spots. We'll talk about the logistics of this in a second. And <laughs> some decent shots in on Aces and Aces. Okay, fuck it. Considering we know what we know. And everyone knows to listen to this podcast, right? Samoa Joe's the secret leader, yep. Yeah. It's a panda. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking panda's in there with his hammer to Jeff Hardy. Oh, he just empties his pockets and there's other pandas, like bits of panda. He's like, yeah, we'll power the show with this. (laughs) I'm not going to have the fucking first ever ECW pay-per-view. not running on that generator again. Get the fucking pandas in. (laughs) Chuck them in the generator. Off we go. We've got to see Terry Funk win the belt. Okay, can you explain to me why the Aces, Natus, and Barbara are literally beating the shit out of each other in a kayfabe sense? I mean, in fairness, we did discuss this uh, in a previous podcast, but I'll just reiterate. Mm. You know, there was someone didn't clear up the clubhouse, and there's an ongoing dispute about one of the, I don't know, shit sluts, um, and they've just got to sort it out like men, and they'll just go back to the clubhouse afterwards, have a couple of beers, and uh, go and probably do some drugs and rob some Mexicans, because that's what they're doing, Sons of Anarchy. Sure. I-, I just like hearing you explain it and try and justify it. Makes me laugh. Eventually, Sting uh, I... gets the hot tag. <laughs> go on, go on. I mean, you could say, why Why did uh, Vince McMahon say to, oh, rescue my daughter, rescue my daughter. Oh, he's rescued my daughter. Oh, thank you, Steve. Because he doesn't care why about he Steph, do all he cares about himself. Easy, logic. Yeah, well. Factual storytelling tax, not this bollocks. Well, exactly. And, and you know, Bully Ray's ripping off Stan Hansen, so he doesn't give a shit about anyone. True. The fact that they don't well we'll get there <sighs> okay or I, i'll say i'll say it this way maybe he was never meant to be the leader and he got so fed up of getting being beaten up devon called him as his brother and went mate it's thanksgiving maybe you could come and join yeah, us I can be interesting get you in. to see whether they tell that story shall we see <laughs> so eventually <laughs> sting gets the hot tag and aces and Ace do not get a single shot in against the stinger not a punt good not a clothesline not a fucking thing they beat the shit out of Bob Ray, though. Let's remember this audience. <laughs> Some Aces and lads drag Brooke and a beat-up Hulk, Hulk Hogan out to the ramp, distracting Bubba to go help his wifu. Hulk Hogan was an adventurer like you once, but you took an Aces and Ace to the knee. Running gags that Tax doesn't get. Hulk Hogan goes, My knee! <laughs> brother! <laughs> Literally rolling around going, ah, my knee. <laughs> money. So, sorry, Hogan, say, say, say that a bit closer. Ah, money. 
Money. Money, <laughs> money, so money, 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 money. We fucked up the travel so bad. We had 10 different planes. <laughs> we had to hire. Oh, Hulk Hogan selling in fucking 2013. Jesus Christ. He is bad, isn't he? I mean, he is next to Brooke, though, so he does look like the consummate professional. I don't know, man. I think Brooke looks more in peril than he does here. That's because she's just been done over by three members of Ace and Eights in the back, and then they pretended to attack her. <laughs> she was volunteering for the first round, you know. <laughs> and the second. <laughs> Bukaki! Oh, brother! All the porn terminology this evening, fucking hell. So, um, this seems to be Ace and Eights' signature thing, right? They take out people's knees. I mean, classic, classic biker technique because you can do it when you're riding along, take them out. How are they going to do the clutch? How are they going to do the brake? Who knows which knee you take out? Yeah. Oh. It's like the- I mean, it's not like Fast and- it's not the original Fast and the Furious when they had the motorbike part of it. It's like, oh no, they've blown up our bikes. Mer. I only watch good movies, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, so. <laughs> Not true. I know what you're talking about. Anyway, back in the <laughs> ring, Sting is left three on one with the Aces and Eights lads. And we're like, just like Brooke. <laughs> caught me off guard there that was good <laughs> so reasonable storytelling okay like yeah bob is worried about brooke even though he's been beaten up and we know that that makes fuck all sense down the line stings left three on one heels and faces <laughs> they're gonna beat the shit out of him right tax like this is their moment they've got sting to themselves remember sting hasn't taken a punch or anything in this match yet Okay, at least the last like two thirds of the match, he took a bit at the right at the beginning when they got jumped by the heels, but he's been pretty spry and beating the shit out of everyone up until this point. Just setting the scene here, burying the lead entirely because it needs to be buried for what happens in a second. Back in the ring, Sting is left three on one with the Aces and Ace lads. Gallows is just about getting to his feet. Devon is doing some selling in the ring. You know that thing when people look at the pinfall and they look up and they watch the ref's hand just to make sure they get it right? Devon's doing that. He's looking up at the spots. You can clearly see he's not, like, selling properly. <sighs> Sting is beginning to lock in the Scorpion Deathlock to Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. Thank you. Sting, who has barely been touched in this match... Has the Scorpion <laughs> Deathlock locked in on Mr. Kennedy? Kennedy. Gallows gets to his feet, bounces off the rope. Remember, he was a comedy character less than a few months ago in WWE. <laughs> Gives Sting a single boot to the face. And I do mean one singular boot to the face. Oh, I thought it was a clothesline. To f- oh, my notes are terribly wrong. Sorry, my apologies. One boot to the face to sting. Fucking sting for the one, <laughs> two. Fuck this company. Three. And you're He's got very large feet. Our aces and eights. Well, the heel faction, the dominant heel faction, the iconic faction in TNA, Impact Wrestling, 
And he's got like a size 43 boot. They've been booked like fucking jokes up until this point. Everyone kicks out of everything they fucking do. But Sting, <laughs> it's a fucking Sting, takes one boot and is like, oh, I'm dead. Clean pinfall in the middle of the ring. Fuck. He, he RBD'd it. He was like, fuck this. I'm supposed to kick out. I'm just going to lay it. I was quite enjoying this week's episode up until that moment where I just put my head in my hands. I was like, wow. Like, like there's certain guys in wrestling that I'm not just a mark for. Like, I really think uh, like the greatest of all time sort of thing, you know? And Sting is one of those guys for me now. Yeah. We've watched enough WCW that I've realized how fucking good he was as a face. There's a promo and there's a body guy and there's a character and everything else. He's fucking amazing. For those of you that don't think he is, go back and watch stuff from like 94, 98, like 2000 even. He is the man on everything. And getting pinned like this in TNA off one boot. Man, this dismay is the only word I can come up with. I was in absolute dismay. I was like, why would you do this? It was not logical but the, the, the problem they've got as you've noticed all these ace and eights and team sting runs and leading back to what you mentioned earlier about always beating up bully ray and how you can justify it they've never pinned him and he's never pinned them sure so but but i beat the shit out of each other complete, <laughs> yeah but i'm in complete agreement with you obviously hogan's never made it to the ring mm. they've beaten the shit out of him why has bully ray not taken the pin because Sting should not be taking the pin. Especially, yeah. I mean, the only reason why I can suggest he's t- Sting's taking the pin is to try and further Team Sting versus Ace and Eights at lockdown. Yeah, no problem with that. But but there's no mention of this, because Bully Ray was supposed to be on his team. Team Sting. Oh, no, in fairness, they didn't announce it, but it was implied it would be Sting and Bully going against Ace and Eights. Sure. So now he's got a reason to really want to get back at them in, a, in, in the cage. But as I'm sure you'll get to, it's the post-match part of this that really, really winds me up slash makes me chuckle Mm. a lot. Yeah, I didn't really watch anything that happened after the bell rang. Had my head in my hands. I was just like, I can't tolerate this anymore. That was just (laughs) unbelievably stupid. Sorry. Well, you think that's stupid. This is the most stupid part if you didn't watch the post. So after this had happened, post-match, Ace and Eights continue to beat down Sting all the time while Bully Ray sat on the ramp with a sat up Brooke Hogan going, are you all right? Just oh, ca- I remember that. Camera yeah. behind, looking down at Sting, basically being beaten up by Ace and Eights and Bully Ray's just sitting there going, just going to help my partner, really. But, again, whether it was deliberate or not, I'm going to say probably not deliberate. Why would he go down and help them not weaken Sting? So him not going down to help, possibly useful. Heavy set man also in the ring again. Ooh, but it's not a bully ray. Sure. Um, but as you said, one boot, or again, I don't know why I wrote clothesline in my notes, but one move to Sting, who's taken no damage other than the beginning. Hogan selling worse than most people. Oh, my knee. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> But it's just, it's do- it's dog shit. And at least, and, and then Impact sign off with Taz on commentary going, it's a good day to be a bad guy. It's like, well, Scott Hall's not here. Sure, man, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've written, as you said, go on, sorry. Oh, well, I was just going to say, 
I've like you up to this main event take out the the ladies match purely because it was just so illogical of where they went with it quite an enjoyable show up yeah. to this point I think again I'm I'm yearning live audiences in any sport that I watch so I think seeing like an 8000 crowd is always going to make me enjoy a wrestling show more than what I'm currently seeing of either video screens or next to nothing which is why I said Revolution was such a such a treat. Yeah, having that many fans being in there and hopefully all safely in there as well. Mm-hmm. But this is the first show that we've watched where, yeah, as you said, like we're, we're three shows away from being at lockdown. It's all fucking filler. Sure, this this week was pleasant filler. It's we're not go home territory quite yet, so you can kind of understand it. They're trying to satisfy this massive crowd they've got in London. You know, they're, they're, you can see why they're doing what they're doing. There's been a long tour. They all look fucking exhausted. So you put lots of multi-person matches on. Everyone gets a bit of an easy t- easier time. There wasn't too many backstage segments, too many video packages. We're setting up Jeff Hardy when we come back. We're setting up AJ Styles when we come back. Like they're doing some good work. And so that's why I thought this was much more tolerable than maybe some of the earlier stuff we were doing on this tour and yeah. um, pre-tour as well. But that finish by what they did with Sting, just because it's Sting, to me takes this from an easy like three cornflake show to a minus five, like straight away. It, it's, it's, it's almost the same with the AEW thing this week where you can have the greatest show in existence you fuck up the one thing we're all looking forward to at the end of the night. It makes everything, it stains everything. You know what I mean? It, it's not yeah, a minus it, five show, just... but that's how I came away feeling. So I just wrote minus five. It's not really. This is like. A, it doesn't make you want to watch the next week. No. It, it's realistically, if I'm being really kind of analytical about it, this is probably a two cornflake show. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a two on this one because I'm enjoying the work of Bobby Roode. I'm enjoying seeing Joe Park. Having Spud and the Robbies there together is good. I like the undercard Aces and Eights uh, stuff going on with Joe and Angle. So I think that's a nice idea to have the young boys working with those experienced people who can literally guide them through the matches, even though Joe's being far too generous. But it's like you said with with AEW as as a modern example of this. And it is such a shame because... This Wednesday, had they gone off the air after that explosion, like that rating for AW on Wednesday night would be huge. And I, I think it's still going to be huge anyway because people are going to want to find out what the hell they're going to do to try and explain Maybe it. Maybe so, yeah. But, but there's nothing that's happened on this show that's made me go, if I was a brand new person watching this show, to go, I really want to find out what happens next week. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So I have written two paragraphs of stuff about this show. And I'm just kind of starting to look through it a little bit because I, I don't think there's any point in reading it all out because we've gone over a lot of it already. But I remember like finishing this show and then like an hour or two later going, that's what I want to say. And just writing it all down. <laughs> but I guess we'll just look at the second paragraph maybe because the first one's me just going on about how it's Sting and, you know, how they're not doing the logical thing of having the heels beat up the face, et cetera, et cetera, going into this this big feud ender we're kind of going to have where a turn or something is going to happen, you know, at lockdown. Not that we've all given it away already. But um, I genuinely enjoyed the vast majority of this show, but the finish is a fucking disgrace. And that's where TNA's biggest problem is. Um, they 
what have I written? Uh, if they just leave the wrestlers to do their job and have great matches and develop ideas and characters, it's generally fine. Even with the slight crap storylines they've been given, see Samoa Joe, the comedy heel tags, etc., etc. Uh, but when it really matters, the main event picture, uh, it's just abysmal at times. Uh, the focus of the series of podcasts with Aces Nates versus the babyface lot of heels, Sting, and currently Bubba, they just endlessly fuck it up. And uh, that's, that's what I keep coming back to is that the shows aren't horrific. The last four haven't been horrific at all. They've had some really fun little moments. And, you know, it feels like the guys have been let loose a little bit and they've just gone, go have some matches. It'll be fun, which is all wrestling needs to be sometimes. But then as soon as you get a couple of people involved and in how they're going to do it, what they're going to do, you get the egos of like, you know, a Bully Ray and a Hulk Hogan and a Brooke and, you know, TNA Dixie maybe has her little say in it. You know what I mean? Like it just gets so overbooked and convoluted and stuff like that. And I, I just, I really hope over the next couple of weeks as we build into lockdown, they can just slightly simplify everything. Just heels beat up the faces till the faces get their revenge. It should be that simple, you know? I, it's, I think it's all very, very valid points again, because I liked some of this storyline at the time purely because I liked Sons of Anarchy. So I liked the crossover into the concept of the crossover. But what I'm going to be interested in when we do, after we finished episode 10, is I'm going to do a little bit of fantasy booking. And I'd like you to do the same. And I would like to see, obviously we're going to discuss what actually happened. And I'd like to discuss potentially what we would have liked to see happen in those 10 weeks to try and make this storyline more appealing to the non-TNA watcher. So you want to unveil this on the end of episode 10, is that what we're saying? After episode 10, because obviously we're going to have the It's going to be an epic part, because my storyline's going to be in depth, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Well, brilliant, because to be honest... It won't be, I'm kidding, I'm taking the piss. It's going to be Sting beats everyone, Bully Ray turns on Sting, it just needs some heels. You know what I mean? It's not complicated. Doesn't matter. We've got lots of time to discuss it because it's going to be 18 cage matches. So it's going to be a case of <laughs> face rubbed against cage. This Jumps no, off cage. This, this isn't the blindfold Chris Harris. No, it's not, is it? That was years before. Yeah, of course. You know the Chris Harris James Storm blindfold match where the blindfolds keep falling off? Yep. Oh, we should do that pay-per-view at some point. That would be fucking I, great. I will. At this stage, I'd rather be watching Ring Kicking. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I'm giving this a two. You're giving it a two, right? Two as well, yeah? Two. Okay, yeah. well. I mean, I, I know I know. last week where it was good fun to play the other side and try and defend the storytelling because I felt there was actually some elements of storytelling. This week, and this is what we said again about the UK episodes, one episode is good, one episode because it's the two lots of tapings one is going to be shit yeah last week they tried in my opinion to progress the storyline and give some clues and try and further the concept and something in the background this week i got nothing other than disappointed that sting was hung out to dry joe's being very generous to garrett bischoff and what the fuck has anyone in any wrestling promotion ever done to deserve such a good person like gail kim and never use her to her full potential fucking a dude couldn't say that about myself well the UK tour is over. Our time in Manchester and London has come to an end. It's been a delightful little run of four TNA shows. Nice break from the Impact Zone. I'm not sure I could have handled ten week of Im- ten weeks of Impact Zone. 
But the good news, we're going back there next week. <laughs> Yay! On holiday. <laughs> good lord. I am dreading watching next week's episode. So hopefully AJ Styles can save the day. Because even if it's a couple of AJ Styles segments, they should be interesting, funny, something or other. Who knows, man? And the good thing is, from note-taking, as it's back in the Impact Zone, we're probably only going to have one match to cover. <sighs> See, it's, it's so much harder for me because I have to write down the segments. And so when they have like 50, 60 segments in each show of like two-minute bits of people backstage saying nothing, I have to write this shit down. It takes forever. <laughs> it takes me like four hours to watch an Impact show. You know, it's terrible. <laughs> Well, <sighs> I go, go with my approach. Go with my approach, and in fairness, I, I'm quite good. I've got a relatively decent memory when it comes to watching stuff like that's this. That's my problem. I don't. My memory's terrible. So then I go into things of like this, like like the thing like the clothesline, the boot, and evidently I've just been writing what I want it to be. <laughs> oh, clothesline, because that would have made it better. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? Uh, I'm at Fanboy Rich on Twitter. That's the best place to find me. How about yourself? I'm at the Tex Williams on Facebook and the Twitter, but obviously the best place to interact with us is on our Twitter feed at World of Rest Pod. As we said, if we get over 200 followers, we will be doing a free hoodie giveaway courtesy of the Bank of Tex Williams because God knows I've saved all that money in the last 12 months not buying streamers, confetti, and glitter for ring entrances. Awesome. So this was episode eight? Seven, sorry. Seven. Okay, that's fine. Don't worry. So this is episode seven. Next week's going to be episode eight. I can do numbers. Eight. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I got confused in myself. And then episode 10 is just going to be me and you because we always kind of do finales by ourselves so we can really analyze what we've watched and stuff. But for episode nine, we might have a special guest. Hmm. Subject to commitments, but it could be quite good. Yeah. He's a busy boy. So he might not be available. And it'll be fine. Just us two. We're we're very entertaining, obviously. Fuck you if you don't think so. Why are you listening to this part of the podcast if you don't think so? <laughs> have you got your sheriff one have you got your sheriff one star rating here? It's on the table. Do I fucking A <laughs> one star yes. man? Fanboy Rich, you gotta love it. I can't wait till you know. Oh, I'm almost spoiled. I'm not gonna say anything. Right. So uh yeah. Tune in next week. We're back in the impact zone. It's been an absolute delight, Tax. Happy days. I have enjoyed our little experiment as well. It's been good. Um, although now we are seven episodes in, I am slightly regretting this choice. It's made for good podcasting. But, dear listener, don't worry because we know you like the NWO. That was you know a collaborative choice. We went for Ace Nates. We thought it could be good. For life. But keep an eye on our socials because as we near the end of this, obviously we mentioned before we're going to cover WrestleMania, we're going to do a couple of spot shows, like some Joshi Pro as well. But then we are going to leave it up to you through a poll to decide what we cover for our next series. We'll put the poll keep... up at the end of episode 10. Yeah. Because we've got a bit keep of an a break from Mania. We're going to cover Mania obviously this year just in case you didn't catch some tax saying it then. Because, you know, we yeah, always do but... WrestleMania. We stopped doing um, Wrestle Kingdom because it's like, <laughs> fuck, covering eight, sixteen 16 hours worth of wrestling. <laughs> but, you know, two days of WrestleMania. Maybe we'll do it over two pods. Who knows? Do you know what I've really missed? Saudi shows. See you next week. <laughs> Thank you.
guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Get, 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 get